0: going through this series and uh over the last few weeks called a taste of heaven and uh last week we talked about peace uh two weeks ago we talked about power and today i want to talk to you about joy and it's funny it just doesn't seem like like something that if you're like last night i told my wife i was like i don't feel like preaching this tomorrow i'm just going to be flat out can i just be honest with you i know sometimes you're not supposed to from church supposed to come up here act like you're happy right but i'm not happy today I didn't have a happy week. Uh, we had some stuff go down in our church. You just heard Jay talk about losing a loved one to a, to a, uh, a, gun, a gunshot in Lancaster this week. That was hard. And then we had another guy in our church that's like family uh, try to save somebody's life in an altercation and get shot in his, in his chest. And he's in the hospital, and by the grace of God, he's recuperating. And it's going to be quite, quite the testimony. But it's been, it's been like some of you are clapping because you know the story. Some of you are like, what, what happened? Just Go online and look it up. And so uh, it's just been an, an incredibly strange... Like, I had one of those years where I was like, okay, uh, this many people's family members died. I did a funeral for a, for a nine-year-old boy that died from cancer. Um, we had these people. Their marriage fell apart. We had this go on. This person fell back into addiction. And, oh, yeah, two gunshot wounds. It was like, what else can go wrong, right? Like, And it was just like one of those moments where it was like, I just... <laughs> I'm just not happy, and I don't feel like preaching this message today, so God, if you want a rapture tonight, and we just, and I, I'd have to imagine as I'm preaching, some of you could, could relate, like you haven't had years that have been the best years, and so when I talk about what I'm going to talk about, this, this joy that I'm going to speak about, like you immediately attach it to the emotion of happiness, you're like, I don't want to deal with this. You see, we oftentimes confuse happiness and joy. And uh, I'm glad that I don't have to preach on happiness today because I would have to lie to you. Happiness is, uh, is an emotion built on your happenings. That's the way. So happiness is a moving target. Happiness is, hey, I'm happy with my marriage. No, I'm not. I'm not happy with my kids right now. Okay, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with my job. That nah, boss is on my nerves. I'm happy with my health, and I'm going through health problems. I'm not happy anymore. And here's the problem. In church, a lot of times we think that it's God's job to make us happy. In fact, because we don't know Scripture, we actually think it's in the Bible. Like, there's, there's things we think are in Scripture that are just not in Scripture. Like, you ever hear somebody say, God will help somebody who helped themselves? You ever hear that? Or, uh, or um, we're all God's children. People say that all the time. That's not true. The Bible says that you are a creation of God but you are adopted into God's family as his child through a relationship with Jesus Christ. You're not a child of God until you meet the son of God through the cross that he provided for us and his his forgiveness. That's how you become adopted into his family, right? And so you're not like that. You ever hear somebody say this, God'll never give you more than you can handle. Tell the people who are going through what they're going through right now, tell the spouses I'll preach that. Like, I, there's times I'm like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this. I've been in funerals this year. I'm like, I don't know what to tell these people. I don't know how you, I don't know how you bring anything to this situation. I don't know what to do. I'm not happy. But happiness is a very low goal, and I would say it's not a biblical attribute of God, that God is not just about your happiness because your happiness is a moving target. It's too low of, of a goal. My kids, when they were younger, used to think the dollar store was incredible. We would go there. I took them sometimes. My mom and dad would take them, and they would give them a few bucks, right, five bucks, and send them into the dollar store. Remember when the dollar store everything was a dollar? And then COVID ruined that too. You know what I'm talking about? Now you go in there, everything's a dollar 25. You're like, "What, what is this? This is the dollar store, right? Like, Change your name or go back. And so we used to go into the dollar store, give them $5, go in there, buy a bunch of stuff. They'd be super happy. They were happy till they got home. And by the time they got home, everything was broken because <laughs> it was from the dollar store. This is happiness. I'm happy in this moment, but I'm no longer happy. And, and, and so now God needs to fix my, my happiness. I want to talk to you about something that's life-changing, but it's deeper and better than happiness. I want to talk to you on, on the topic of joy, joy, a taste of, of joy. I was studying the Christmas story, and, and really all through the New Testament, when they talk about Jesus, they talk about joy. In fact, uh, we read last week, the, the, the shepherds, if you were here, we talked about peace. I want to take you back into what the, what the, uh, the angel says in Luke chapter 2, uh, verse number 8. He says, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Bible says, the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great, everybody say what that word is. Great what? Joy. Joy. Don't be afraid. Not happiness. Not happiness. It's it's, it's bigger than happiness. It's life-changing. It's biblical. It's from heaven. It's different. I'm going to bring you Joy, if you know the Christmas story, there's other characters in the Christmas story. In Matthew chapter 2, uh, you'll read and you'll be introduced to the wise men, right? And so the wise men were these men that, you know, were kind of, uh, were, 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 were knowing that the, the, the Savior was coming. They would study the stars and there was this prophecy that there would be this, this star that would lead them to the Savior. And so when they find that star that leads them to, to Jesus, the Bible says it in Matthew chapter 2. Watch what it says. When they saw the star, they were over, what does it say? Joyed. Overjoyed. If you go into the, 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 the background of the Christmas, before Jesus even comes, uh, Mary is, is pregnant, right? And, uh, and her, her cousin's pregnant, Elizabeth. Elizabeth is pregnant with, with what the Bible says is John the Baptist, the one that's going to prepare the way for Jesus, right? And so the, they're cousins by, by, all, by all stretch of the manner. like they, They're going to be related. Uh, Elizabeth and her husband, Zachariah, couldn't get pregnant uh, and then God says, you're going to have a baby, right? And so you can go study th- this, this part of Scripture. And, and the prophecy to them was, you're going to have this baby boy, John the Baptist. He's going to prepare the way for Jesus, for this message of the good news. And, and people in the message are going to find great what? Joy joy another cool part of the story before jesus is born uh, mary and uh and elizabeth gonna have tea or something i don't know what they're gonna do they're gonna get together and hang out right and do girl things and so and 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 mary shows up and in her womb is jesus the savior of the world and in the womb of elizabeth is john the baptist uh the preparer and when jesus comes into the room through the womb of mary the bible says that the baby in elizabeth's belly john the baptist leapt for joy Jesus lives on the earth. He goes, goes back to heaven after he dies on the cross. And the Bible says of the disciples that they were left in wonder and filled with joy. A few chapters later, the Holy Spirit fills the church with, with the power of, of, of Jesus to go do ministry of the church. And the Bible says one of the, one of the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, actually the second one, is love. And then what's the second one? It's joy. joy. Over and over and over again, the message of Scripture is Jesus. When you meet Jesus, the natural reaction is this deep-rooted joy. I'll say it's like comparable to the reaction of when you meet a Cowboys fan. What's the reaction? Sickness. (laughs) It's sickness. It's just just natural. It's not even a question. You make me sick. I see a a hat. I'm like, I'm sick right now, right? I'm sick with you. And so the same thing. You see Jesus, right? And when you see Jesus, when you meet Jesus, when you have relationship with Jesus, it's deeper than happiness because happiness is about circumstance. You're able to experience this joy that can get you through anything. It's not kindness. It's not fakeness. I don't got to come up here and put a smile on my face today and say, I'm so happy that you're here. I don't really care. I just want to get through this day and get back in my bed. Because they've been that kind, like I'm exhausted with with circumstances of life right now. I'd rather spend time whining. I'd rather not. But let me tell you what I don't, what I haven't lost through this year, through this season, through circumstance, through anything that I face. Because I know Jesus, I have deep-seated joy in my life. Joy is greater than happiness. In fact, here's, here's the definition of joy. Joy is a feeling of great pleasure. Caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying. Watch this, though. Producing a settled state. I love these three words. Of contentment, confidence, and hope. Produces contentment, confidence. What's confidence? I don't like how this looks, but I think it's going to turn out okay. It's not finished till it's good. I don't know how this is going to work out, but in, 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 in 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 spite of it all, I have hope in the goodness of God, in the character of God, in the sovereignty of God. That's what real joy looks like. In fact, in your life sometimes I think because we don't rely on real joy, we don't have the the joy in our life that we need, oftentimes we're exhausted with the circumstances that we're facing and we're unhappy and we're depressed and we feel like we can't make it. But the Bible wants to remind us what gets us through, what's our fuel. Watch what it says in Nehemiah 8. It says go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some of those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to to the Lord. They're dealing with some stuff. They're going through some things. And watch what Nehemiah tells him. He says, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. How do you get through what God is calling you to get through? It's the joy of the Lord that will sustain you, that will push you through. In other words, it's not dependent on circumstances. It's not dependent on the trials that you're facing. It's real strength. It's internal. It changes you. It's eternal. Joy is everything in your life. And so I was like, well, how do you understand and preach on joy like you had to go up there and smile a lot and then we just pray and make it through have Laura come play a happy song we'll get through it right do we sing another song at the end get you in a you know do we, how, what do we do how do we get through joy and I landed in Hebrews chapter 12 I started thinking about Jesus and here, here's the thing about Jesus Jesus lived a perfect life but he didn't have a perfect life I want you to hear that because it's important because when you think of perfection we, we tend to think okay he he lived perfect which means everything around him was perfect but that's not what the Bible teaches in fact, uh, he didn't have perfect fa- parents. We, the Catholic Church will tell you otherwise, but they weren't perfect. And so they were flawed. Mary was a normal person. She definitely sinned, right? And so she was raising a baby. And so like, she, she, she definitely had problems. She definitely had fights with her, with her husband. They, they, they definitely needed, needed forgiveness. Joseph, uh, if you never, ever read the Bible, by the time Jesus has grown, they never even talk about Joseph. A lot of theologians believe he died. So he didn't have the perfect earthly father because his earthly father passed away. He didn't have the perfect friends uh, on the night. The one night he asked him to stay and pray with, with him, they abandoned him. He didn't have perfect followers. In fact, I would argue most of his followers just wanted what he could give. They could care less about him. It sounds very, very common and, and similar to a lot of church people. We just want what God can give us. The prize is not God. The prize we got was God. We would show up here every week. We we, we tend to be hot and cold. What do I need from God this week? What could he offer me? What what could he do for me? And so he didn't have the perfect situation and the perfect family and the perfect friends and the perfect followers, yet he remained perfect. And I want to show you, I want to show you this passage in scripture in one of my favorite books of the Bible, one of my favorite chapters, Hebrews chapter 12. Here's what the Bible says, Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, here's what that means. Um... When you're struggling, when you feel like giving up, when you feel like you can't do it, when you think your life is worse than everybody else's, the Bible wants to remind you that in heaven right now is a great cloud of witnesses that have already been what you've been through, that have already faced what you're fa- facing, and they're, they've made it, and they're cheering you on right now. Like, I, I like to envision, I, I don't want any, you know, JV witnesses up there. I want Paul and Peter and Billy Graham Mother Teresa, right? People like that. They're up there right now. I'm going through some stuff. I'm trying to muster up the strength to face what I'm facing. I'm trying to be a good pastor. I'm trying to stay patient with my teenagers. I'm trying to be the husband that I'm supposed to be. And if I'm honest, I'm not succeeding in all of them right now. And I need help, and I want to give up. And I just want to close my eyes in that moment and envision all those people up there saying, You got it! You can do it. We did it. You can do it. The same spirit that lived inside of us is in you. You, you can make it. So what does he say then? When you envision that, let us throw off everything that, that hinders and the sin that easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. I love this. The pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Watch what he does. Here's what joy got him. The Bible says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He scorned its shame and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and, and lose heart. What happens when you don't have joy? You grow weary and you lose heart. It's not situational. It's not the circumstances you're facing. Joy is an attitude. Joy is a choice. Joy is a constant reminder. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And so what does Jesus say? For the joy set before him, right? A joy that is set before you changes everything. Let me just give you a little parenting hack real fast. I'm going to give you a little parenting hack. Anybody have a picky eater? don't eat green stuff, only eat chicken nuggets, only eat french fries, came out picky, right? Like, no, nobody likes that crap, right? Like, nobody wants to eat broccoli, right? Like, I love broccoli. No, you don't. You eat it because it's healthy and your parents made you and you don't want to be fat, right? Like, if, if french fries were healthy, how many of you know we'd be eating french fries all day long? If there was a french fry plant you could grow in your garden, I know they're potatoes, but you know what I'm talking about. They come out french fries, right? Like, And so, you have a picky kid, right? Sometimes I've been in battles with my kids where they wouldn't eat. What do I put in front of them? And, you know, you don't want to lose that battle to a toddler because if you lose that battle to a toddler, you're just setting set set yourself up for continual losing. And so what will you do? I'm going to give you a parenting act. You go into your, into your cupboard and you get something that's not healthy. And you just place it right in front of them. And you say, if you just finished that, you can have this. That's called a bribe. There you go. We're done, right? <laughs> for the joy set before you. The, 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 this joy is different than circumstance. It's out in front of you. And when you get it, listen, you'll just keep, you'll just keep walking. So many times we looking down and we just need to keep walking towards Jesus in joy. And so I want to show you this in Scripture because he had to go through this. I want to give you a few thoughts of what joy that is set before you, what, what it does in your life, if you can actually get it. And if you can get it, it'll change your situation right now that you're in, not maybe what you're physically going through, but how you're going through it. Here's number one is this, As I started thinking about joy. And here's the first thing that I thought about. Real joy allows us to see in, in the moment that we're in that hard times can result in ultimate good. I know you're going through a hard time. I know it's difficult. I know it's overwhelming. I know it's taxing. I know you're not happy. I I I know it's not working out the way you thought it would work out. I I know. I understand that. And here's the way you get through it. You think about the God that you serve, and you realize that the hard time that you're going through, if he is the God that he says he is, can ultimately result in ultimate good. I want you to think about Jesus. He's in the garden, and this is what this is talking about. He's in the garden on the night that he's going to put on trial wrongly and then he's going to be put on a cross and he's going to be crucified for our sins and so he's fully man in this in this moment fully God fully man he has grown up around Rome and crucifixion so he has witnessed because they didn't crucify people in private they would crucify people in public to show their strength so they would put people on crosses Jesus in his life would have walked by many people that were struggling and suffering and being mocked on crosses He understood what pain he was about to feel. He had witnessed this in his life. And so he goes into the garden and he prays, first of all, God, if you could take this cup from me, please, if there's another way, let's do that. Because this is going to be awful. And then he asks his friends to come pray with him, and they come and they fall asleep as he's about to go to the cross. The Bible says that he's struggling in this moment to the point where he is sweating drops of blood. That's how much anxiety that that he has. I've never been there. I've made myself sick before. I've kept myself up uh, awake. I've caused my face to break out in stress. Like, I've been there. I've never sweated drops of blood. I don't know how much anxiety he had in that moment, but he had more than I could ever imagine. And how did he get through it? How did he get through it? He understood in that moment, if I go to this cross and I lay down my life as an atoning sacrifice, he said, people all over the world are going to have a chance to have a relationship with God. And I think what he did is, if I could just dive, I think he looked forward thousands of years and he saw this. He saw you walking through the doors of a church and you meeting love for the very first time and you receive him forgiveness in your life that you shouldn't have that he earned for you that not that you earned that he earned for you on that cross And he watched your marriage get put back together. And he watched addictions be broken in your life. And he he watched security because you've been insecure your whole life because of something somebody's been speaking over you. But his word began to manifest in your life and truth began to be spoken into your life. And all of a sudden, he watched you rise in security and value and understanding you've been put on this earth for such a time as this. And he saw pictures of your kids in in his head. He could see your kids being walked through the doors of a church and being dropped off in, in, in a classroom where somebody that doesn't even know them is telling them there's a God that loves you. There's a God that knows you and he saw all this happening and he realized that the pain that I'm about to go through, the suffering that I'm about to go through, the hard time that I'm about to go through ultimately is going to lead to good. So let's go. And I just wondered if you could see your own life and you could realize that hard time you're going through right now that's stealing your happiness, if you could see that it was going to bring ultimate good, I wonder what type of joy would come back into your spirit. I mean, think about what you'd be willing to do if somebody came to you and uh, said, "Hey, your 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 kid is dying, and they need they need a transfusion, they need an operation, they need something like that, and the only person that could save them is you. You have the right blood type, you have the right organs, you got to save them. But before you go into surgery, you have to get a shot. But here's the problem: when you were a kid, you were you were given a shot by a doctor who had no bedside manners. He didn't even count, tell you to turn away, and now you are terrified of needles coming at you, and you don't think you can do." It where would you find the strength? Where would you muster up the energy? What would you you would look at your kid and say, if I have to go through this so that they can be saved, hey, take my arm, take whatever you need to take for the joy set before you. So I want to ask you a question. Some of you are going through something right now. And uh, I just had this, this thought in my in my in my head today, uh, as I was thinking about life and over the last couple days and all the things that have happened, and and uh, I'm sure I'll talk more about, you know, what happened to, in our church uh, these, last, these, these last couple of days. And, you know, I want to kind of let it settle and, and, and not give too many details. But I was thinking about what this gentleman went through in our church and what he put on the line to, 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 to save somebody. Like, this, this incredible moment, right? And so, uh, but I started thinking after it's all over, like, what's going to happen? How many people's lives are going to be impacted? I started, in my head, I started envisioning the, I don't know why, but I started looking at, we have this baptism tank, it's supposed to be portable, we bought it because we had a horse trough before, and I was like, we're we're almost 20 years old, it's probably time to upgrade to a normal baptistry, and so, Montgomeryville, you still have a port, you still have the trough, and so, you're only a couple years old, and so, we got this portable baptistry, but it's not, it's not really portable, it takes 13 hours to set up, right, and so, but we've been putting it over there, and I just, in my head, I was like, how cool is it gonna be? When, when he makes a full recovery, and the person's life who he stepped in to save, maybe they didn't know Christ, knows Christ because of, of him, and he is at the baptistry, and he gets to baptize that person, and, and, and I was just like, and if, if that happens, all the hard time's worth it, and I just want to, some of you going through something right now, and you're, it's stealing your happiness, I get it, it stinks, it sucks, they left it's really bad you got overlooked at your, at your work. It's, man, you're getting picked on at school, man. It's, it's tough. You got people bad-mouthing you. Like, I, I get it all. You had somebody die unexpectedly. Like, I get all that. But what if I could tell you there was good at the other end of it? What if we just had enough faith to believe in our good, sovereign, all-powerful, all-knowing God. What if we believe that he, he brought good from bad, that he turned everything around, that I love what that song says, that in your life, if it feels bad, it's not finished until it's good. Amen? Amen. What if you understood that, that ultimate good can come from that? Let me just give you another, another two thoughts. Number, number two is this, is joy gives us the strength to accomplish what we've been sent to do. Here's what I thought. Um, Jesus could have quit. He could have quit. He could have said, you know what, this is too much. This is going to take my life. Like, I just got started. I've only been doing this three years. I feel like I'm not even reached my, you know, I'm not even ascending yet. Like, I'm not even, where I'm at, I got followers, but they're kind of fickle right now. Like, I think I could do some more. Like, I got influence, but I think I could get a little more influence. Like, I don't know if I'm ready to go to the cross yet and and, and, and die, and he's in this, this state where he's, struggling with, with, with probably happiness and trying to find joy. And the Bible says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross and scorn it's, its shame. And so like, well, what happens in this moment? Well, he, here's, here's what joy, joy helps you to accomplish. It gives you the strength to, to, to keep going, to finish what you've been sent to do. And here's why this is so important. How many of you know that oftentimes we quit what God is calling us to do because we're not happy? You quit the marriage, that you should have stayed in because you're not happy right now. You, you leave the job that God sent you to. Like he, you know he sent you there. He put you in that season. And it's hard right now. But he doesn't put Christians in easy situations because you can't change a whole lot of stuff when it's easy. You don't accomplish a lot when you love Comfort. Oftentimes, you got to step out of your comfort zone into moments where it feels like it's out of your control for you to really see the hand of God move in your life. And some of you, you're ready to quit because you're not happy. You know He sent you there. And you know how I know that? Because I have those same conversations with myself on the daily. Every time I go away to Oklahoma and we, we're, we're away from you and, and, and stress and pressure and preaching, and I go into a church and I think to myself, this is nice. I'm just going to sit here, sing a couple songs, and leave. And I think to myself, maybe I'll just stay. Maybe I'll just live in Oklahoma. I pull up the real estate. You ever do that when you're somewhere? I don't do that. And I look at houses that have not been built in the colonial era. You know what I'm saying? And you look at stuff, and you're like, this is so modern. And then you look at the, don't ever look at the taxes if you go anywhere else, right? And the taxes are low, and it would just be Sometimes it would just be easier. And then you think about all the things that are coming. And then oftentimes we go at Thanksgiving. So then I think about Christmas. And Christmas stresses me out. And you're like, it's such a peaceful time. Like, not for me. I got to share the same story again, right? And like, you just think it would just be easier to throw in the towel. It'd be easier to quit. Why? Because it's hard, right? But here's what joy does. Joy gives you the strength to finish what God has sent you to do. In fact, I will tell you this. I will, I will, I will argue this to i in the face. You'll always experience the most pain, the most anxiety, the most worry when you're running from the will of God. Always. You will always experience the most joy in your life when you're being obedient to what he's called you to do no matter the cost. No, no matter the cost. In fact, scripture teaches us about this word called contentment contentment is a root of of joy joy brings contentment here's what contentment is and I wrote these two things down if you struggle with happiness through contentment which is actually joy I want you to write these two things down and I want you to begin to, to to dive into them number one is this contentment is resting in God's place trusting in God's pace I'm gonna rest that's hard for me I'm gonna find joy in the place that God has, has, has put me and I'm gonna trust the pace of the life because I'm not, I'm not I am not I like to run. Anybody else? I want God to do what he said he was gonna do yesterday. I don't wanna wait. I don't wanna wait for a spouse. I don't wanna wait for kids. I don't wanna wait for a job. I don't wanna wait for a church. I don't wanna wait. I don't wanna to wait to lose weight. I just wanna lose weight tomorrow. What can I take to make me lose weight tomorrow? I don't wanna do that. I'm gonna rest in God's place. I'm gonna trust in God's, in God's pace. And num- Number three is this, is joy reminds us ultimately that this life isn't all there is. This one's important. <clears throat> I have found that when I'm not resting in joy, a joy that helps me to, to move forward, the same joy of Jesus, it, it, I lose sight of this fact that this is not all there is. This is not it. Sickness is not it. The Bible tells me that. Pain is not it. It's not the end. Brokenness is not the end. Death is not the end. Um, loss is not the end. That that's on this side of eternity, that that's, 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 that's it, because this world is broken, but that's why Jesus came. When Jesus came, he promised me that this is, not my, my, this is not the end, that when he died on the cross for my sins, that he saved me not only from my sin, but he saved me from hell. And so when I take my last breath on this earth with, 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 with my physical body, that my next breath will be with Jesus. And here's the thing, not because I'm a rule follower, because I am not. Not because I went to Bible college. Not because I'm a good person. Because I'm not. Not because I never fall short. But because 2,000 years ago, my Jesus endured the cross for me. Jesus ascended to heaven when he came back from the dead. And the Bible says that he sat at the right hand of God. But when he went to the right hand of God, the Bible says, Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And in my house, there's many rooms. I'm getting something ready for you. I made the way. And now I'm prepared to have you. And it just, when I think about it, it's hard for me to even think about heaven. Because the Bible says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has prepared for those that love him. And so, like, when we talk about heaven, it's all just hearsay. We don't really know what it looks like. I just know it's going to be good. So when I'm going through what I'm going through, joy reminds me this isn't all there is. And I think Jesus knew that. This, is, this isn't the end. I'm going to cross. This is going to be painful. This isn't it. It's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. In fact, how awesome would it be if we just started saying that to ourselves? You get a bad report from the doctor, you go through a season in your life where something breaks, you're going through a tough moment and you go, "This isn't. This is the end?" This is this is my stopping ground. Like Uh, My my end is health. My end is perfection. My end is forgiveness. My end is is eternal love. My end is hope like my end is heaven This is not all there is I've been to a lot of funerals now in my life. I did more funerals than I probably uh, Would like to even talk about this year. It just felt like I was doing a funeral every every month And so what was weird is for years. I didn't do any funerals so it means I'm getting older because everybody else is getting older and uh Funerals are weird things because sometimes they're, they're, they're sad and they're just sad. And sometimes they're sad emotionally because we're sad, but there's this, there's this deep joy there. It's, it's weird. Like you can do a funeral and it's just sad. And so uh, I remember I talked about this years ago, this joyful funeral. And I never had been to one until a few years back. I think it was 2015. Uh, I was driving in my car on a Friday morning. I was going to Plymouth meeting. Uh, if you haven't been to church here for a while, we used to have a building there. And uh, we, we were all at the end of renovation. We had to do an inspection. It was our third inspection with the fire marshals. If you're a fire marshal in this place, get a different job. And so uh, they were just, they just worked us over. And so a Friday morning, I got in my car. They'd already worked this over a bunch of times. I was meeting like four or five fire marshals. They, they come in packs, right? They, and so uh, they showed up, and I was on the way there, and I got, a, I got a call or a text. I don't remember which one. And it just said, hey, your, 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 your pappy, your grandfather, passed away. Now, I, I was like, this sucks. I got to go see the fire marshals now. And, so, and they already, already are mean anyways. And so I got into, this, into this, 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 this church, and I started to walk through. And I'm not a crier at all. Like it's just not something that I tend to do. And so now I am, I'm emotionally mature because of the book that I read and I cry all the time. And so, right, I feel like they're doing an Eddie given Sunday now. And so, uh, and so like, I, I, I'm, I'm, but I, back then I wasn't. And they were walking me through and they were showing me all these things we needed to fix and I just started crying. And I think they thought, oh my gosh, we broke them. We broke him. And I was like, no, I was like, I get it. You're doing your job. I was like, I gotta be honest though. Like, I don't care about this today. I said, I just found out my grandfather died, and I just want to, I just want to leave if I can. And so uh, I left, and, and uh, we, we went home. And then I think that Sunday we had the funeral. And when we had the funeral, and, um, we had the funeral and I, I heard about my grandfather's life, and he had eight kids, and just how he passed away. Like, he, he just kind of died from being older. He had complications from health, but he went out singing hymnals to the Lord. Like, and he was telling the Lord, like, I'm ready to see you. And it was, like a, it was a joyful funeral. It, was joy. It, wasn't, it wasn't sad. You know, there's moments you think about, okay, I wish I would have seen him more or spent more time with him, but you think about his legacy and his life and if he didn't have an experience with Christ and then my dad didn't meet Christ and then I wouldn't be what, and so it's this joy-filled moment and the joy is because you realize that's not the last time I'm gonna see him. And there's just this joy. Like, we, 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 we lose our, 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 our happiness in our lives because it's circumstances. So much is being taken from us. And Jesus told us. He said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. It's going to be awful. There's no, there's no fine print with Jesus. It's not like he was like, come to me. Everything's going to be good. And then he slips the fine print under the door. He's right up front. I know it's America. You don't hear this enough. Following Jesus Christ is difficult. The Bible says to pick up your cross, What's comfortable about a cross? It took Jesus' life. But he says this, and he says, hey, take heart, though. I went to the cross, and I overcame this world. And the worst this world can throw at you, I handled. I put it under my feet. I dominated death. I rescued you from hell. I'm preparing a place in eternity. And this is not the end. When you take your last breath here on this earth, if you know me, your next breath will be with Jesus Christ, In heaven in perfection joy comes into your life the joy of the lord is my strength would you stand to your feet all over this place we just bow your heads and close your eyes and uh joy is a choice i read that this week it's a choice it chooses first thing is it chooses jesus jesus chose you but joy is found and you then say you know what jesus christ i want a relationship with you I believe in what you did for me. I believe you died for me. I believe you sacrificed your life for me. And Jesus, I want to live my life for you. I want to receive you as my Lord and Savior. That's the beginning of joy. Let me just be really honest with you. It's not out there. Some of you, right now, you're in a season. You're like, well, if I could just get somewhere else. Some of you, it's moving. You ever done that? You're like, if I could just move somewhere else, then I'll be happy. The problem is you're going to be there. You're going to be there. And happiness is fleeting. Some of you say, "Man, I would, if I could just get in a different relationship, if I could just find the person of my dreams, if I could, if I could just get a better job, then I, then I'd be a content, happy person." No, listen. Joy is found in Jesus. And then you begin to trust Him, and you know Him, and, 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 and you see Him working, and you you feel His love, and there's this joy that fills your life. There's this joy that surpasses understanding that's what the bible says there's this there's this joy there's this unspeakable you can't even put into words this this deep-rooted joy that's found in christ and and knowing that he loves you and and knowing that he died for you and knowing that he sacrificed himself for you and and, and knowing that he can heal you forgive you and set you free starts with jesus so that's the first step some of you are like i don't have joy in my life well It's not going to come and fix your situation. It's going to come through a savior, and he's here. The Bible says that he knocks. You can feel it. He knocks at the door of people's hearts. If you would just open up the door and let him in, he'll come in. He's not overly concerned with what you brought into this place. Uh, He's not disgusted by you. He's not not tired of you. Uh, He hasn't given up on you. Uh, He doesn't care what other people have said about you. He, he, he loves you. Like he, he wants a relationship with you. I can promise you that. So he's here. That's the first thing. I need Jesus Christ to be my Lord and my Savior. The Bible says if you would confess with your mouth and you would believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he would come in. That he would come in. So let me ask you something. You struggling? The Bible says if you're weary and heavy laden, that Jesus will give you rest. For his yoke is easy and his burden is light. That's true before you know him. That's true as you know him, as you're walking with him, as you're facing what you're facing, that is true of the character of Jesus Christ. And he'll carry your burdens. But here's the thing, it's a choice, you gotta give them to him. You gotta give Jesus your life. Jesus, I don't wanna be the boss of my life anymore. Jesus Christ, would you come into my life? I believe in you. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe on the third day that you rose from the dead that you're here right now and you're drawing me to yourself right now Jesus Christ would you be my Lord and my Savior if you're here in Montgomeryville and you don't know Christ I'm not asking you if you're a good person or an accomplished person or or I'm asking you do you know Christ do you have a relationship with him have you been forgiven have you been redeemed have you been set free are you walking in, in, in hope and joy and comfort and love and all the things that Jesus provides in our life do you need to know Jesus Christ right now? If that's you all over this place, hey, you've been speaking to me. I'm, I'm, I'm carrying around weight that I don't want to carry around anymore. I need to walk in the joy of the Lord right now. I need a relationship with Jesus Christ all over this place, front to back, side to side, in Montgomeryville, if that's you. Every, every head bowed, every eye closed. You say, hey, that's me. Would you just shoot your hand straight towards heaven and say, you know what? I'm leaving this place with the joy of the Lord. I need a relationship with Jesus Christ right now. I need him to forgive me, heal me, make me whole. If you're in Montgomeryville, would you just keep your hand held high? They're going to let me know. Uh, maybe you're online right now and you would say, hey, pastor, that's me. I don't know Christ, but I need to. Uh, we're just going to believe that right there in your, in your home, wherever you're watching, that the spirit of the living God is just beginning to do a work, that you don't even need to be in church for God's presence to fill that place right now. So maybe you're responding right now. And here's the other, the other question. Uh, I think joy not only is a choice uh, to accept Christ, but it's a choice to stand on God's promises. So sometimes you renew joy through speaking to the negativity in your life. So here's what you're going to start saying in your life: God's good. God doesn't take His eyes off me. What does the, the, book, the book say? He never slumbers. He never sleeps. That he's, he's up watching. That He's preparing. That He's making a way. That he's opening up doors, that he's sovereign, all-knowing, that he's in control. Some of you going through something right now, and you've been asking God to take it, and instead you're going to be asking God to make it something great. You're going to, hey, God, use this for your glory. Like, I, I, I'm going to go through it as long as you have me in this season, and God, I want you to use it for your glory. I want somebody else to know of your goodness because of you getting me through this, you walking me through this. And so some of you are just going to start to stand on the promises of God. And when you do that, the Bible says that his, His joy becomes your strength. That's how you're going to keep going. Some of you about, we're about to quit something right now because you're not happy. Don't you dare quit because you're not happy. Happiness comes and goes. Did God call you to it? Hey church, what will he do? He'll see you through it. He'll see you through it. Just keep trusting him. Just keep showing up. Just keep resting in, 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 in the space that he has you. Keep trusting the pace that he's walking you in. Let's just begin over our own lives right now. Maybe you've never prayed before. When I asked you to bow to close your eyes, you just check out. Let's be honest. But you need the spirit of a living God to move in your life right now. Why don't you right there in your seat just begin to cry out to him. Begin to cry out to him. You don't need me to talk to God for you. He loves you more than you can imagine. And he's right here with you right now. And so would you just say, hey, Lord, would you fill me up with your power, your presence, your glory? Would you bring your peace? God, would you fill me up with your joy? When I leave this place, I want to be a different person. I want to be a different person. Maybe you're not going to change my circumstance right away. Maybe you're going to change me. And so, God, I'm going to lead into your strength, into your provision, into your sovereignty, into your direction. Jesus, thank you for all that you've done. Thank you, Lord, that you're right now. You are filling this place up with joy. The, The joy of the Lord, Lord, is going to get us through. Lord, it's going to bring renewed strength, renewed hope, renewed energy to our lives. Lord, we can trust you. When, when we're wavering and when we're afraid, we're going to go back to the book of Hebrews and then we're going to remember what you did, the glory and, and, and what that was set before you. Lord, Lord you, you, you endured the cross. You, you kept going, Lord. The joy that was in your spirit, it pushed you, Lord. And so we're grateful for that. I'm grateful, Lord, that you never leave us. You never turn your back on us. You're always better to us than we deserve. You, you, you never give up on us. And we leave this place filled with life, filled with hope, filled with joy. As we end out this year, Lord, many of us are going to walk through the doors uh, of the Christmas Eve and Christmas Eve-Eve experiences, Lord, and uh, help us to slow down enough to remember what Christmas is really about. Lord, help us to use this week. Maybe, maybe there's somebody at our work that this week needs to be invited to church. They, 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 need, they need to be invited. Maybe even somebody in this place says, you know what, the services are filled, but I'm going to give up my seat for somebody else so that somebody can know you. I don't know what this looks like, but, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would make us a sacrificial, uh, non-consumeristic, focused on the real reason for the season type of church. Lord, that we would see you move in a mighty way through our Christmas Eve experiences. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done today, all that you're going to continue to do. In Jesus' name we pray. All over this house, would you shout amen with me? Would you clap together? Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day to listen to our podcast. If you decided to give your life to Jesus after hearing this message or want to learn more about how you can join us in person, Visit jrny.church for more resources or to find a location near you. Have a great rest of your day.